0: listening to Save Me and I'll Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I am Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Hello. And on this week's episode, Matt will not be joining us. But this week's episode, we're covering Annie. Annie was inspired by the comic strip Little Orphan Annie, which was also loosely based on the 1885 poem Little Orphan Annie. I don't know why orphan is spelled with a T there, but it is. It's actually correct spelling. Okay. Weirdly enough. Hmm. This show is wholesome and mama approved, and we will do our best to keep our cussing under, you know, wraps.
1: We've been doing good the last few episodes.
0: We've been doing really yeah. good. I'm very proud of us. No one needs to know about the F-bomb bloopers. It's fine. Yeah,
1: that's why they're bloopers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the show Annie, I do have some experience with the show. I've been in it in the past, but I will tell you guys about that story after we go over the details, if you- in case you guys are curious. So are we ready to jump into some background? Wow. Let's go. Sure. It's a long one, Strippin'. Oh no. So Martin Charnin approached Thomas Meehan about writing a book for a musical version of Annie. Meehan did research by reading the old comic strip, but didn't find anything he found substantial for the story, so he just decided to write his own, (laughs) which, cool, fair. He used what he had experienced in the Nixon era and Vietnam War and set the story in the similarly downbeat mood of the Great Depression. Meehan's book was accepted by Charnin and Strauss, but a lot had to be trimmed out. He would later restore it for his 1980 novelization that was reprinted in 2014. Uh, There was also another novelization of Annie written by Lenore Flesher in 1982 that was a tie-in with the film. So just wanted to throw that out there. For the original one, Charles Strauss wrote the music while Martin Charnin wrote the lyrics.
1: Annie had its world premiere on August 10th, 1976 at the Goodspeed Opera House in East Haddam, Connecticut. Kristen Vigard was the first actress to play Annie. She was later replaced with Andrea McArdle after only a week of performances because her portrayal was seen as too sweet and not tough enough. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Vigard would go on to be McArdle's Broadway alternate. So the show opened up on Broadway at the Alvin Theater, which is now called the Neil Simon Theater, on April 21st, 1977. This cast included Andrea McGardle, Reed Shelton, Dorothy Loudon, and Sandy Faison. The show closed on January 2nd, 1983, after 2,377 performances, which set the record for the longest-running show at the Alvin Theater. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Although that was later surpassed by Hairspray in 2009, which is fair. Yeah, but it held for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So they did make an original Broadway cast recording from this on April 25th, 1977. And this is the version that we're going to be using today, which is on Spotify and linked in our show notes as always. There were four touring companies that were launched to tour major North American cities. Uh, So they first opened in Toronto in March 1978 and closed on September 6th 1981. The second opened in San Francisco on June 22nd, 1978, and closed on August 22nd, 1982. The third opened in Dallas on October 3rd, 1979, and closed in September of 1982. And the fourth opened on September 11, 1981, and closed in September of 1983. Lots going on there. A lot there. of irons in the fire. <laughs> uh, and then Annie premiered on the West End at the Victoria Palace Theater on May 3rd, 1978. The original Broadway Annie was played, once again, by Andrea McArdle, and she played this role for 40 performances. It closed on November 28, 1981, after a whole 1,484 performances. Nice. The musical transferred to the Bristol Hippodrome for a special Christmas season before it toured Britain.
0: Also, an interesting fact that I forgot to put in here, but so British laws are very strict about child labor, which this technically falls under. So they had to switch the Annie like every four months or so.
1: Interesting. Hmm.
0: So a lot of a lot of girls were actually uh, trained to be Annie for the UK editions. There was a 20th anniversary Broadway revival, which played at the Martin Beck Theater, which is now called the Al Hirschfeld Theater, in 1997. It closed on October 19th, 1997, after 14 previews and only 239 performances. There was controversy around this production, which is most likely why it didn't play for very long. Hmm. So originally, the original Annie, Joanne Pasidi, was the winner of the highly publicized contest to find a new Annie that was actually sponsored by Macy's, (laughs) interestingly enough. But she was fired just two weeks before her Broadway debut while battling bronchitis. And then she was replaced with Brittany Kissinger, then eight, who became the youngest actress to ever play Annie on Broadway. So (laughs) weird. Everyone was a little upset because this Annie was literally picked by the nation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was also an issue with Nell Carter. She was an African-American woman who played the role of Miss Hannigan. The producers ran commercials of the show featuring a different white actress in her role. Oh, mm-hmm. The commercials were shot for a different production with a different cast, and they cited it being too expensive to reshoot the commercials. Sure. Carter understood this, and she said she never accused anyone of racism, but was definitely hurt by this, which I understand. Yeah. And then to an insult to injury, she was later replaced by a white actress, Sally Struthers. So I I don't know how long she was actually in the role, but there was just a lot going on. So it got a lot of bed press like, right off the bat, unfortunately. So there was a West End revival at the Victoria Palace that ran from September 30th, 1998 to February 28th, 1999. There was another US tour that ran from August 1999 to July 2000. There was an Australian tour that ran 2000 to 2001. And then there was a UK tour that ran from 2001 to 2011. Just a long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Another U.S. tour ran from August 2005 to July 2010 to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Annie. Pretty cool. It briefly returned to New York City at the theater at Madison Square Garden for Christmas. Woo! In 2008, there was a 30th anniversary all-star cast recording. It included Andrea McArdle, Carol Burnett, Sally Struthers, Kathy Lee Gifford, John Shuck, Harv Presnell, Gary Beach, and Amanda Ballin. For the 35th anniversary, a revival production opened on Broadway in 2012 and closed on January 5th, 2014, after 38 previews and 487 performances. The starring Annie was Lila Crawford, whom you might recognize as Little Red Riding Hood from the 2014 film Into the Woods. Yeah. I did know that. She was pretty cool. Annie was also played by Sadie Sink, who plays Max on Netflix's Stranger Things.
0: Which I thought was pretty neat
1: as well. Did not know that, but that's awesome. And then another U.S. tour started in September 2014, the 40th anniversary, and ended on May 21st, 2017, after 745 performances. There was a West End revival that started at the Piccadilly Theater in London on June 5th, 2017, for a limited run that ended on February 18th, 2018. For a limited run, that was a pretty good chunk. Yes, yeah, pretty good chunk. Yeah. And then for international productions, Annie has been all over the place. So... Canada, Argentina, Australia, Denmark, Germany, Hungary, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Japan, United Kingdom, Mexico, Netherlands, Norway, Philippines, Portugal, Spain, and Sweden, Peru, Zimbabwe, Russia, Colombia, South Korea, Hong Kong, Belgium, Poland, United Arab Emirates, Denmark, Puerto Rico, Singapore, Greece, and Brazil. Fun fact, in Japan, a special demo recording of selected songs gets made each year with a new actress playing Annie. It's pretty
0: cool so like they each get their their time on the recording. Mm-hmm. In regards to film and television for Annie, Columbia Pictures acquired the film rights in 1977 for 9.5 million dollars the most expensive at the time for a stage musical. <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: It starred Eileen Quinn, Carol Burnett, Albert Finney and Ranking, Tim Curry, and Bernadette Peters. It is probably the thing that pops into your mind first when you think about Annie because yep. it is a very popular film. fantastic do recommend? A sequel, Annie Royal Adventure, was made for television in 1995. Aside from a reprise of Tomorrow, there are no songs in it. Boo. Boo. There was a made for TV movie version that was broadcast in 1999. It starred Alicia Morton, Victor Garber, Kathy Bates, Audra McDonald, Alan Cumming, and Kristen Chenoweth. Which is awesome. Cast. Awesome. Need to find that mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> There was a 2014 movie remix set in present day. It was originally supposed to star Willow Smith as Annie, but she had aged out before production began, unfortunately. The cast included Kovanjane, Wallace, Jamie Foxx, Rose Byrne, and Cameron Diaz. A documentary film, Life After Morrow*, reunited more than 40 women who played orphans in the show, and it actually revealed highs and lows of being a child actress, and this film was released on DVD in
1: 2008. Whoa. Whoa. That's pretty cool. In May 2021, NBC announced that they would do a live television production of Annie. Woohoo. It will be airing as a quote-unquote holiday event and is expected to air on December 2nd, 2021. So I guess we'll wait and see. But it will star Taraji Henson, Harry Connick Jr., Nicole Scherzinger, and Titus Burgess. So, oh my god. Better be yes. pretty good. The actress for Annie, however, has not been announced yet. HerNBC.com quote, the search is on for a young future star of any ethnicity to bring optimism, spunk, honesty, and wisdom beyond their years to this classic role. Auditions will happen virtually, so Annie hopefuls from all over should get ready to bet their bottom dollar and visit castittalent.com slash Annie underscore live for more information and a link to upload their audition. Rehearsals will be in October and November 2021 in New York. So if you're interested, check it out.
0: If anyone's interested, go for it, man. In regards to awards the show has received, in 1977, it won seven Tony Awards and seven Drama Desk Awards. Awesome. And then in 1978, it won a Grammy Award for Best Cast Show Album. So pretty cool. But with all of that wonderful background out of the way, we're ready to jump into our Act One. So we open on New York City in an orphanage where we see 11-year-old Annie. Six-year-old Molly wakes up from a bad dream and Annie sings to her about her own parents. Even though they had abandoned her at an orphanage, she still dreams about when they will come back to get her in the song, Maybe. Annie decides to escape to search for her parents, but is caught by the cruel keeper of the orphanage, Miss Hannigan. To punish Annie's behavior, she makes all the girls clean the building in the song, It's the Hard Knock Life. Later on, Mr. Bundles, the laundryman, comes to pick up their blankets and Annie uses this opportunity to escape in his truck. Miss Hannigan chases after the truck after realizing what Annie did. The other orphans cheer her on, but still know they'll get punished in the song Hard Knock Life reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Annie escapes and explores the city. She runs into a friendly stray dog and tells him of better days to come in the song Tomorrow. She fools a police officer into thinking the dog is hers by naming him Sandy. (laughs) Annie and Sandy end up in a Hooverville, which is a rundown part of town that is full of people who were rendered homeless by the Great Depression. They sarcastically toast to the former president in the song We'd Like to Thank You, Herbert Hoover. The town is broken up by cops, and they take Annie back to the orphanage.
1: Back at the orphanage, Miss Hannigan is frustrated by being surrounded by little girls all the time, which is fair. Yup. And this is a song, Little Girls. Grace Farrell, the assistant to billionaire Oliver Warbucks, comes to the orphanage. She wants to pick an orphan to spend Christmas at the mansion. Grace sees how poorly Miss Hannigan treats Annie and insists on picking her. At the mansion, Grace introduces Annie to the staff and explains the luxurious life she will have during her stay. In the song, I think I'm gonna like it here. Oliver Warbucks returns and isn't happy to see Annie there. He assumed that all orphans are boys for some reason? Hmm. Yeah, Girls just don't I don't exist. know. I guess Girls not. always have their parents. I Always. I guess. Warbucks tells Grace to take Annie to see a movie while he works. He learns that Annie has never seen New York and decides to take her for himself. Very cute. They walk the 45 blocks to the Roxy and see New York City in all its glory. In the song, NYC. Warbucks becomes attached to Annie and wants to formally adopt her. Grace goes to tell Miss Hannigan this and makes her furiously envious of the luxury the girl will receive. Rooster, Miss Hannigan's con brother, and his girlfriend Lily show up hoping for a handout. When Rooster learns that Annie is about to be adopted by a billionaire, he comes up with a plan to use it to their advantage in the song Easy Street. da
0: Warbucks notices that Annie wears a broken locket around her neck and buys her a new one from Tiffany's. He wonders if he's truly ready for such a big change in his life. He offers the locket to Annie, but she refuses, crying that it is the only thing left to her by her parents, and she still holds out hope of finding them. Warbucks vows to help her find her parents. He enlists the help of, just casually, J. Edgar Hoover to get the FBI, you know, Mm -hmm. casually, in the song You Won't Be an Orphan for Long. And with that search on its way, we are actually into our intermission. Whoop, 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 whoo. Yeah. So, what are we thinking about Act One, you guys? It's a classic story,
1: you know. Yeah. It is. It's
0: it's one that I think most people probably know, even if they haven't fully seen it.
1: Yeah. Time to date myself. I remember loving the VHS version of Annie.
0: Oh yeah, it's, it was definitely a good one, and such a great cast for that for that movie. You know, I think it's, again, it's probably what everyone imagines when they think about Annie to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's super cool.
1: Very classic show. I think everyone at least knows a little bit about it. Probably seen the movie, even if you haven't seen the stage production.
0: Oh, yeah. The show is good. It it (laughs) good. It good. It good. Yeah, it's definitely just a wholesome one that anyone can, you know, get into and understand and root for the main character and stuff like that. So Decent bad guy song. Mm-hmm. Decent bad guy song. True. I will say that. That's what I look
1: for in a musical, a bad guy song. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta have the
1: good bad guy song. Yeah. They can't have bad bad guy songs.
0: Yeah. All right, Kylie, you ready to give us some facts today? Sure.
1: I got two for
0: you. Whoa. Yeah.
1: So fact one is... The New York Times estimated that Annie is performed 700 to 900 times each year in the United States. Wow. Which is a lot. A (laughs) lot. And factoid number two is there is a specially edited version of Annie called Annie Junior that is made to be performed by children in a shortened form. There is also one called Annie Kids that is a 30-minute version meant for elementary-aged performers. It's cute.
0: Yeah, so it's definitely, um... Probably why those numbers are so high is because mm-hmm. there's different versions, and it's easily produced by, you know, smaller companies and things Schools. like that.
1: Good way to get kids interested in theater, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's just easier easier to manage when there's you know, you can actually have a show that has kids, which a lot of shows don't. Yeah. Yeah, what is, what is the rules? Like, never work with with kids and animals, and the show does mm-hmm. both. <laughs> but yeah, so with that out of the way, are we ready to adopted. (laughs) Let's go ahead and adopt Act (laughs) 2. All right. Let's be hopeful for tomorrow into Act 2. So Annie makes an appearance on Bert Healy's radio show in the song Maybe Reprise. Not on the soundtrack. Wow. Shocker. On the show, Warbucks offers $50,000 to the couple that can prove that they're Annie's real parents. Which, back in the Depression era, was a lot of money. I mean, it's still a lot of money. But, like, a lot of money. Yeah. Healy sings along with the Boylan sisters, and the girls at the orphanage sing along, because they're listening to the radio, in the song You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile, which is an adorable song. Very cute. A couple named Ralph and Shirley Mudge arrive at the orphanage, claiming to be Annie's parents. It turns out they are Rooster and Lily in disguise, and enlist Hannigan's help to make their ruse work. Ba-ba-ba. And then she agrees, of course, for half of the money, because she ain't dumb. Nope. In the song Easy Street Reprise, not on the soundtrack. Annie gets to meet the president with Warbucks and sings about her hope for the future. And the president is actually inspired by her optimism in the song Tomorrow Reprise, which is on the album. (laughs) Wow!
1: once back home, Warbucks tells Annie just how much he loves her in the song Something Was Missing. So far, everyone claiming to be her parents have been frauds, so Warbucks once again asks if he can adopt her. And this time, Annie accepts. Everyone is excited for this. Woo! Woo! And the staff help Annie get ready for her formal adoption ceremony, singing about how she's changed their lives, too, in the song Annie. As Judge Louis Brandeis shows up to begin the adoption proceedings, Warbucks and Annie dance together in the song I Don't Need Anything But You,
0: which is a super cute song.
1: Rooster and Lily, in disguise, arrive and interrupt the proceedings. They present fake documents as well as the other half of Annie's locket, making their story seem legit. Warbucks requests that Annie stay one more night with him, and then she can leave Christmas morning. The next morning, Annie wonders if her life with her parents will make her as happy as she currently is with Warbucks in the song, maybe, second reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. Wow. So,
0: just casually, Roosevelt and his Secret Service make a surprise visit. The FBI have learned that Annie's true parents were David and Margaret Bennett, who had passed away a while ago, making Annie truly an orphan. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Mudge arrive to take Annie and the money, but they are quickly exposed. They are arrested along with Miss Hannigan. Annie is officially adopted by Warbucks. Yay. Wow. He notes that Christmas is the beginning of a new life for them. All the other orphans, who were magically adopted by fellow wealthy friends of, of Warbucks, oh. And the rest of the country, thanks to Roosevelt's New Deal and the song A New Deal for Christmas.
1: Bye-bye, you bye-bye. go rich parent, and you go rich parent, and you
0: go rich parent. <coughs> basically. Basically, that's how that goes down. But only the girls. But only the girls, because, uh, yeah. Because there are now no there's only works. girl orphans. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in this show. Yeah, but that actually wraps up the show. With that super duper happy ending. The bad guy gets their comeuppance, and then all the orphans are adopted. So, like, nice. I can't really get yeah. much better than that. Right. But yeah, what do we think about the show as a whole? I mean, cute. we haven't learned too much more information. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's simple. It's cute. It's wholesome. It's easy to follow, which is good. You know, there's not, like, yes. sneaky stuff happening behind the scenes. Like, there's not a lot that you have to, like, follow as a as an audience member. Like, there's some shows where you have to, like, remember little details because they come back later, you know? Yeah. Other than maybe the locket, but, like, other than that, there, this is just simple flow you know good guy bad guy good guy who wins in the end child gets a happy ending yeah. i mean
0: it's easy to pay attention to which is probably why it's also a hit with kids uh-huh. you know it's a good it's a good introductory musical for them because they can also root for someone who's you know their age and things like that uh-huh. and
1: there's a cute dog in there so well,
0: that's the best part
1: you don't necessarily get all the details from the songs but it is still a good soundtrack that is true. Like you, you, probably won't
0: be able to just listen and follow along. Yeah. But like we've mentioned, you probably know the story, right? You know, it's it's pretty cut and dry. You know, you're not gonna miss much. I mean, I think the random additions of like the president and stuff kind of are a lot of left field, but
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: it's not that big of a deal. It just kind of pads the runtime per se. Yeah. But it's a good show. We do recommend. You know, it's, it's hard to go wrong with this classic, and mm-hmm. it's actually one of those shows that that holds up you know, through yes, time. Yes,
1: it's definitely not one that didn't age well, like some of the other ones we've covered. Right, you're
0: not listening to it and being like, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yikes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this one does does age nicely. It still, you know, still holds true. Even, even though it's gone through multiple revisions, multiple different styles, you know, it's, it still maintains the same notes and same heart uh-huh. kind of thing. Just dreaming about tomorrow and being optimistic. Yay. Yay. So as I kind of brought up in the beginning, in case you guys are curious, I was in Annie in a production at my aunt's theater for a short time. It was a sh- it was a fairly short runtime. We got
1: flooded out, unfortunately. I was so um, mad about that. Yeah, because I was Amber's about come I was about to come it. down for a weekend and see it, and then all of a sudden they were flooded out, and so I didn't get a chance to. Yes,
0: that was <laughs> a fun time. I played Miss Grace Farrell, which my first and only role, having like a song, you know. I had to sing a lot on stage and that's not something I usually do. Mm-hmm. And actually my dog Ellie played Sandy. <laughs> Woo. And I so I will try and find some pictures about that to put on our blog posts cuz she was very cute and she was a very good girl. She came in clutch cuz the other dog at the time wasn't ready to be trained. He was still a puppy. So Ellie was just like, "Yeah, sure." You know. And now she's um she's an attention hog in case anyone's curious. If you clap, she will come and think everything's about her. So yes. <laughs> She is a drama queen.
1: And if you're following us on social media, you will have already seen or if you follow us now, you will in the future see pictures and things about pets, including the stock. Oh, yeah. Because we like to yeah. brag about our pets. Oh, we do like to
0: brag about our pets. <laughs> so if you
1: like pictures of animals, follow us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> on the social
0: medias. But yeah, so this, this, this is a good show. Um, I, I personally uh, had to avoid it for a while after being in it. I, you know, I didn't I didn't want to be in the show. I was kind of abruptly thrust into it, unfortunately, which kind of tainted me on the show, which sucks, but I can say that I did it, and I got on stage, and I sang in front of a bunch of people, so there's that.
1: Yeah, it was a weird time in
0: my life, but I did it. So with that part out of the way, I actually have an extra little factoid for you guys. There were some sequel attempts. Oh no. Yeah. So there was originally Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge, which already sounds awful. Yep. Mm-hmm. It opened at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. in December 1989. It had horrible reviews, and the script went into extensive reworking, but was eventually just abandoned. Probably because it was That's fair. that bad. And then there was another one called Annie Warbucks. In 1993, this attempt was made with a different plot and score. It developed in a Workshop at the Goodspeed Opera House, which is actually where the first production of Annie was held, which is kind of cool. It opened at the Off-Broadway Variety Arts Theater, where it ran for 200 performances. And I guess just died. But it had 200 performances, so hmm. better than the first one. Right. So I thought that was um, kind of interesting to throw in there. <laughs> right. I'm sure someone will try again in the future. You know, we'll see. But yeah, I believe that's all of our thoughts about
1: this episode for now so thanks guys for checking in with this one yeah and be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts this ensures that you'll get our episodes as soon as they're posted heck yeah if you are on apple please leave us a five-star review it will help us get boosted up in the numbers boost up in them numbers numbers and numerals
0: and of course, the best way to help us is through a word of mouth. So please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, any orphans you happen across, which is kind of weird, but go for it so we can get a wider audience. Heck yeah. If you happen to know any billionaires too, and they want to like eat money at us, we'll be adopted.
1: Tell yeah. all your billionaire friends about us. Seriously. Tell all of them. <laughs> we will even take millionaires. <laughs> yes. We will. We'll we take would them. We accept a millionaire as well. So send them our way. We're accepting adoption applications. <laughs> right. <laughs> And like I said earlier, our social media so you can reach out to us on the internet. But more privately, you can email us at savemeannouseat at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at saveannouseat. You can find us on Instagram at savemeannouseat, on Facebook at savemeannouseat, or on YouTube under the Bag Tag Network.
0: Wow, we are everywhere. And then if you want to see more of us and other shows that we are on or a part of, you can go to our website. That's at www.ragtagnetwork.com. It kind of helps you keep updated on what all we're doing and any projects we have in the works. There's also where you're going to find some of that sweet merch. You can just go to www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. You can find some cool stuff, some cool digs from our show and from the other shows in our network, which is super cool. I don't think we have any extra announcements for you guys this week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Save Me and I'll We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.